Yeah, so obviously want to get into the new EP we got coming out, Shadow Dancer, and uh, a couple of new singles, and talk touring, and uh, get your opinion on a couple things, but let's let's dig into the EP to start things off. Shadow Dancer coming out on September the 17th. You know, every band I've talked to over this past year and a half of craziness that we've been dealing with, kind of curious for every artist I talked to, as far as writing the EP, was that done recently, before the pandemic? During the pandemic, kind of take me back to March of 2020 and where you were as far as the new music. Oh, man. <laughs> so check this out. So March of 2020, I was on my first headlining tour across Europe. March uh, 9th hits. We're in Spain. A few shows get canceled. We didn't understand why at first. And then we were told, hey, they're taking this virus seriously. Flash forward three days later, we get woken up. 4 a.m. We're in, in our bus and literally they say, hey, gigs are canceled. Tour's off. We have to get you guys back to America. So like most musicians, I get home a few days later and I don't know what's going on. I didn't know how to process anything. So what I did is I just played my guitar. I just started writing songs. I, I was trying to put what I was feeling and what I was thinking into song. And it was like the only thing that I could do that made me feel good. So that EP, these songs, Songs. The record was written basically from March until, shoot, September, August, September. And I just was channeling a, a different element. And I think it really comes across in the songs. Yeah, I'm loving what I'm hearing so far and want to get into the songs in just one second. But kind of curious, are you talking about all the writing that you did? So did you divide up the album and the EP or is it two different kind of writing sessions? It was just one long writing session. One big, long writing session. So the tunes that you wrote from March when you got back through September, August, that's stuff that's going to be on the album. So you're just kind of parceling out part of it for the EP now, and then we'll get the full album next year? Well, actually, it's a little bit of that. But to be honest, it was just this one long cycle. I was writing songs, and we got in the studio with the intent on making that EP. So that's what we've done. And it's not as if we're um, just waiting to trickle stuff out. There's stuff I'm writing now that we're super excited about. And we're going to cut for the record. So to be honest, it's a work in progress. Oh, okay. Super excited about that. Cool. And I'm loving the two tunes that I've gotten to hear so far, Bad Roots and Skin and Bones. And as we're kind of digging into the EP, everyone kind of does it differently. You see two song, three song, four songs. How many songs are we going to get on the uh, the Shadow Dancer EP? We're going to have four songs, including those two. So Skin and Bone, Bad Roots. And then I have uh, Shadow Dancer, which is the title track of the EP. And then one other song called Saint or Fool. So four in all. Digging into the tunes a little bit. I love Skin and Bone, the first one we got to hear. And a little bit of a storyline with the uh, video going on. And is that more fun for you to get to do that? Do you get to write the uh, treatment, I think they call it, for that stuff? Yeah, man. It's so much fun. I've, I've, this is the first time I've ever done anything like that. In the years gone by, I was all about touring and it was this DIY thing. And then I collaborated with this new label, Black Hill. And they started to kind of give me this freedom to say, okay, let's make a music video. What ideas do you have? How can we shape these videos and kind of the visuals around the music? So I get to be hands-on in all of the process. And for me, that's super fun because, you know, it, it takes everything to a different level. And also it kind of lets me express not only sonically what the songs are about, but visually. So I think that's a really cool new thing for me. Love that video. And then also talk about uh, Bad Roots. Bad Roots hits hard. It's cool because when we recorded the EP, I think a lot of people will like this. We used Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz tape machine. We used no computers. 
We recorded it in a room together like a band would back in the day. And then I sang over it. So what you hear is what you get, which is super cool. And the song came about because it was like a personal thing where it's like, you know, I was thinking about the world, everything that's going on, but then in myself, and it's like, you know what? We can't change, you know, our past, but like if some bad stuff happened, man, we just got to accept it and move on, make it better, you know, take it and turn it into a positive. So like all of the songs, I tried to, to write them in a meaningful message that not only related to me on a personal level, but maybe somebody can feel it and interpret it in their own way and just rock and roll. I love it. And that's one of the things I love about you. It's just rock and roll. You know, you get so caught up in everything today, especially in like the hard rock, heavy metal world. There's tech, death, classical, whatever. And it's like, oh, just give me some straight up rock and roll. It's one of the things I love about you. And clearly one of the things that Gibson loves about you is you're now a brand ambassador for Gibson. That's really cool. It's so cool. I'm so honored. It's one of those things that when I picked up a Les Paul for the first time, if you would have told me then that I would be with the likes of Slash and Dave <laughs> Mustaine and all of these heroes of mine being a brand ambassador, I would have just laughed in your face. So for me to have this, it's an honor. I love it. I love the guitar. And like you said, I love that raw, real rock and roll. And for me, it just makes sense. It's an honor, man. So every time I pick up the guitar, I have that to, to look up to. Now, the one thing, speaking of picking up guitar that I didn't really notice, at seeing you live a couple times, watching the video, I was combing through YouTube, watching some old live videos of you, and it blew me away. As much as you're a Gibson brand ambassador, certainly not going to be doing any pick endorsement deals anytime <laughs> soon. How the heck do you play the way you play with no friggin' pick? Talk about that and how that started. Yeah, so the whole thing behind that is... I'm a lefty, man. I do everything ah. lefty. Picked up the guitar. I was like, oh, I'll be a lefty. And then when I got the first guitar, the, the guy at the guitar shop was like, don't do it. You're not going to find good guitars. You know, you're always going to have to have your guitar. You can't pick up other people's guitars and jam. He's like, do it as a righty. And then, of course, they were like, you got to use a pick. You got to do all this stuff. And man, I wasn't feeling the pick. I did the righty guitar, but I wanted to feel the strings underneath my fingers when I was picking them. And it just felt really natural. And man, I'll tell you, so many people would tell me, it's not going to work, man. You can't play guitar without a pick, especially electric, especially heavy blues and rock and roll. And I just said, I'm gonna, just going to try it. So what I did is I just kind of carved my own little, little way that I play. I didn't learn it from anyone. It's just kind of my personal way. And it's funny because when people realize I'm not using a pick and they're watching me play, they're going, how are you getting those sounds? Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things. It's kind of crazy, but I never thought it'd, it'd turn into what it did. But, you know, it, it kind of gave me my uh, uniqueness on the instrument. Well, I can certainly appreciate that. I'm, I'm like you, a lefty living in a right-hand world. Like that happened to me with... There we go. With like, uh, I'm sure it happened for you too, trying to get like a baseball glove. Like, oh, there's no lefty gloves. You got to play righty <laughs> and you just end up playing that way. So I get you on that level. Everything, right? Yeah, but it's amazing. The sounds and, the, and like you said, the way you play and it, it looks like you're barely even tapping the string. And, and it's still getting sound out of it. It's just incredible, man. Brother, it's crazy because on the new single, Bad Roots, when you listen to that guitar, especially when I'm singing over it, in the verses especially, it's real heavy and it's chunky. Yeah. And most people, when they hear that, they're going to go, that's got to be just a pick thing. <laughs> and it's me with my thumb just bump, bump, bump. So, so it's pretty cool and it's unique. And uh, I, I have to tell you this, though, because like going on tour, like we go on tour in like two weeks for a month for the first time in 17 months. And <sighs> I have to pack super glue. I have to pack like tape. You know what I mean? Because honestly, man, it's a rough little business sometimes. If it busts open, you know, it's kind of like a boxer. You just got to tape it up and keep going. <laughs> Get some JB weld and glue, weld it back together. <laughs> exactly. Or, so funny. You, or you could be like Tony Iommi. He has those little uh, things that he puts over his fingers, like little... Uh, oh, yeah. Like wood. Uh, I could have like fake fingers on them. Yeah. Like fake... Uh, <laughs> 
tough stuff. <laughs> Speaking of shows, and we don't have to go deep into today and what was supposed to happen and everything, but I, I'm a little bit bummed not getting to see you tonight. I really wanted to see you jamming with Blake Allard and Joyous Wolf, and I love that oh, band. Oh, man. Imagine uh, you met Blake and the boys out there on the road touring. Absolutely. I love Blake. He's a great player. He's a great guitarist. That band, I mean, Joyous Wolf, they're doing it. And to me, they're one of the bands like now that is is on the come up. So I hold those guys in such respect, and and I love that they're out there doing it. So we were we were gonna jam tonight. We were gonna do Mississippi Queen, uh-huh. and I was so looking forward to it. And then I was gonna jam with Orianti, who you know was she has her solo careers, played yeah. with Michael Jackson, done all that. Doug Aldrich from White Snake. We had a huge thing. You know, some guys from Slash's band were coming out, but you know. It is what it is, brother. It'll happen, but it'll just have to happen a little further down the road. Yeah, and speaking of Doug Aldridge, man, that new Dead Daisies album is fire. The Holy Ground with Glenn Hughes singing and playing bass in the band now. Sick. My first real tour was with Glenn Hughes. He was doing solo in Europe, and Doug Aldridge was playing guitar in the band. So it's so funny that Doug and I have become great friends, but Glenn and Doug together, like Dead Daisies right now, is insane. Yeah. Glenn, is his voice gets better. It's it's scary. That guy is scary <laughs> good. And a hell of a bass player, too. I mean, he I heard that he played on a Joe Satriani album, didn't uh, sing or anything, just played bass on a Joe Satriani album, which is ridiculous. How do you not get that guy to sing? But that just goes to show what yeah. a great bass player he is. He's like a power bass player. Like, when he plugs in and plays, it's thunder. Like, I don't know that, no another way to describe it. Like, in the live setting, he always brings it, and he's always on, like, 10. So, Glenn Hughes is such a... He's a treasure to rock and roll. That's how I can say that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Speaking of past tours, a couple times where I first fell in love with you was on the uh, UFO Saxon tour and then saw you with John Five. And kind of curious, you're one of those guys that can kind of tour with completely different acts. John Five, an instrumental act, and then UFO Saxon, classic rock kind of act. And I wonder, do you kind of tailor the set list to the act that you're playing with or do you just go out there and do your thing? And I'm so thankful for that, like that I can play with all these different artists. Like you said, UFO, Saxon, John Five, Zach Wilde, Leonard Skinner, blues guys, like so much different stuff. But I think what it is is that uh, that common thread for me is is the love of like, I love hard rock. I love classic rock. I love blues rock. And I put it all together, right? So as far as the set list goes, I do cater it to certain things because, man, I've found myself playing like heavy metal festivals. We played Valken <laughs> in Germany, which is like the biggest metal festival. And I'm like, what am I doing here? So, you know, I brought out my heavier stuff. I brought out that more aggressive stuff. And then vice versa, we'll play a blues fest or we'll go on something like that. And it's like, we got to do that. So, yeah, I do cater it a little bit. But the one thing I notice nowadays, which is what I love, is rock and roll and guitar and this whole thing that we love, it's almost all in the same now. It's like, I feel like genres used to be so cut and dry. Yeah. But nowadays, I can go and I can kick it at a at a metal festival or a blues festival. And it's like, it has that common theme and that, that red thread throughout it that makes it what we all love. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and speaking of, of getting out of the genres a little bit, I'm going to need your help and tap into mm-hmm. your metal side for a second because we're an old school radio station. We still do it up. Mandatory Metallica. We worship at the altar of Metallica oh, every night. So I wanted to dig into your Metallica fandom. I'm sure Kirk Hammett taught you how to use the wah-wah pedal, but talk to me about your love for the mighty Metallica. Of course. Uh, where do I start? Hatfield? <laughs> I mean, some people might laugh at me, but the reality was Reload. That was the first record I remember. Wow. And 
nightclub. So then I heard that and I was like, oh man, I heard like Devil's Dance. And then I heard like The Memory Remains, The Unforgiven Part 2. I was listening to that and I was like, this is amazing. Then of course, I heard the Black Album. Changed my life. That was the, the soundtrack. And when I picked up the guitar, the first thing I ever wanted to play was Metallica. I wanted to play Sad But Drew, Ender Sandman. And then even digging back deeper, then I got into the 80s stuff, which, you know, like I loved And Justice For All. Of course, Killam, all of those records, right alongside my Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix was Metallica. So I think that I don't want to say it like I'm worshiping them, but they are such a huge part of who I am and what I do. I'll tell you a crazy story. So a few weeks ago, I was with uh, one of the uh, presidents at Gibson. He had Kirk Hammett's Greeny guitar, the Les Paul that belonged to Peter Green, right? And he starts sending videos of me playing Kirk Hammett's guitar to Kirk. No way. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you're kidding. And Kirk's going, wow, man, that guy can play. Oh, wow, wow. And I'm sitting here and I swear to God, and I'm like, man, childhood dream come true. <laughs> Just the fact that he has seen me play the guitar. Yeah. Between James and Kirk, that was one of the biggest influences ever to pick up the guitar. Awesome, man. So now that comes a tough part. Now that you're kind of co-hosting Mandatory Metallica with me, I need you to pick a Metallica song for us to play on the radio tonight. Oh, please, please play. Uh, let's play Don't Tread on Me. I love it. It just rips. Every time I hear it, I can't stop just riffing, shaking my head. Love it. We'll get that on for you. Awesome, dude. I will see you soon, and thank you so much for this. Catch you later. Cheers, buddy. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.